one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. What in the world? It is coming to an end. Holy smokes. Congratulations, both of you. That run of almost five years or five years. I should probably go back and read the specifics. I saw it was like five years, 250 episodes ending in December. You guys should be proud of yourselves. I'm sure you are. You've certainly created quite the resource for hundreds and thousands and probably billions of individuals across planet Earth. And I love that you've got a end cap on it where you're like, all right, we did it. We done it. We're keeping our Twitter chat going strong and alive. Kudos, kudos, kudos. What a great model of how to be consistent, how to serve, and how to give back generously. I'm grateful I got to be a part, and I'm certainly excited for both of you guys for what the next season of life holds for you in all these endeavors that you attempt. That's it. Anyhow, it's Greg Hawks just leaving a voice message for the amazing duo. Have yourselves a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous day. John and Wendy signing off. What a run you have had. Thank you, Wendy and John, for helping thousands of professionals learn more, think harder, laugh a bit. It was so helpful over the years to hear from such a variety of people that you invited onto your program. I just love being a guest and a listener. My laptop will wear the stickers proudly. Thanks so much, Wendy and John. Hey, John and Wendy. Hey, this is Bruce Waller from Dallas, Texas. Hey, I want to jump on here. I understand that you are winding down the HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast. And I wanted to share a couple of things. Uh, Number one, I want to share my gratitude. Just the opportunity to be on the show was a mile marker for me. And I appreciate you both inviting me onto the show, letting me share my story. You're both so gracious. You made it look so easy. And I know how much work goes into hosting and producing a podcast. So for that, I say thank you. And and number two, just providing a platform for so many others to share their story. I've learned. I've learned from you both. I've learned from the guests on your show. Uh, You have connected so many people. You have uh, given back so much. And for that, I say thank you. Thank you for this season in life. And I can't wait to see what you do ahead. John and Wendy, thanks for being such a strong part of the HR community and giving us a way to build solidarity with one another and community. 250 episodes is nothing to sneeze at, and we appreciate you making it fun for us all. I appreciate you having me on as a guest for the podcast. Cheers to the next chapter. John and Wendy, I cannot thank you two enough for all that you've done for both me and the HR community. The HR Social Hour podcast is truly one of the most greatest and unique podcasts that has ever been created. Two of my most favorite things about this podcast is that it showed that us HR people are actually really awesome people and not these soulless robots. And secondly, that it lives by the connect, give back, and network motto. I have made so many friends through the network, and I know that I am not alone there. So cheers to you two on an incredible run in the podcast world. And I look forward to all of the awesomeness you two keep bringing in the future.
Hi, John and Wendy. It's Claire Stroh-Petrie. You two have done a fabulous job with the podcast. I've learned so much and made so many new friends. Thank you. Hello, John. Hello, Wendy. Or hello, Wendy. Hello, John. It's Diane Fennig. I just want to say a heartfelt thanks for your many years of capturing the voices of HR. Wow, you've really done it. I look forward to continuing uh, connecting with you on our Sunday evenings and starting with the question, what's in your glass? You have both amplified the voices of our HR colleagues. You've really given people space and a place, and it's been wonderful. And what a cool thing to go in and listen to and understand a little bit more about someone you're about to meet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Sunday nights are still ours. Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 250. John and Wendy say goodbye. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? I'm okay, Wendy. Uh, (laughs) I didn't know how that was going to go, but I'm okay. And before we get too far in, we do want to thank Mike Sipple Jr. and the folks over at Talent Magnet Institute for sponsoring this, our final episode. We really appreciate Mike and his team. Make sure you check out talentmagnet.com slash HR Social Hour to get a free gift for listeners. Appreciate him being with us as part of this final farewell, Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. Appreciate all all that Mike Sipple has done for for us and the community. And hopefully someday, Mike, I'll get to meet you in person. There's a goal for us. (laughs) Absolutely. So we've got questions to answer. We've got Mm -hmm. just reflections on the last year anything and everything in between. We opened in a very different way. Yes. I do want to take a moment to thank those folks that left messages. Uh, You're going to hear a little, a few more, a little later. Uh, First off, Greg Hawks, like, how can you not know Greg (laughs) Hawks shot out of a cannon? (laughs) Sam Jenigas, Bruce Waller, Tiffany Castaño, Chris Hadley, Claire Petrie, and Diane Finning. We appreciate them leaving messages and well wishes. Very much. We announced back on 240 that this -hmm. was going to be it. We haven't really talked about why. I think it's now better than ever to do that. <laughs> we could just leave them in the lurch. I'm like, hey, we're done. Boom, boom. We <laughs> joked about that for so long yeah. that we just said, hey, mm-hmm. when we're done, we're done. And we were just mm-hmm. going to put out like a five-minute thing that said, hey, thanks for the memories. I- I'm glad in retrospect that we didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to share why it's time. Why now? And yes. And where are we? As we've talked about over the years, and people that have listened for any given time know, the average podcast lasts about 10 episodes. As of this recording, we will have 318 that are available for people to listen to. It's insane. It is insane. And I don't think you and I ever expected. I think we talked Mm -hmm. about 50. Talked about 50, and that that sounded cool, and that was... We kind of went in 50 increments, I think. You know, it was like we got to 50, we got to 100, we got to 150. Absolutely. And and to just uh, keep going was something we were able to do and, and wanted to do. We did. This year, though, let's face it, this year has been utter <laughs> in a lot of ways. Uh, a lot of good, too. Yeah. Started in February when I lost my mom. Uh, very unexpectedly. Uh, I know you had lost in your family this summer. And then this summer, my dad got sick. We took a break for the first time in almost five years. We took two (laughs) weeks off 
Well, let's be honest about it. We took two weeks off of putting anything new out. Yes. We were still doing and recording and doing everything during those two weeks. So It's the least I probably did in a while because we weren't cranking out something to have available then. I have not talked about this publicly. I did talk to Heidi about it just so she was aware. Beyond everything going on with my parents... Heidi's mom has been sick for well over a year now. She has been diagnosed with stage four endometrial cancer. She was in treatments for about a year and things were not improving for her. They weren't getting her better. So she elected to stop all treatments about two months ago now. People have heard changes in sound and what have you. I've actually moved in with my mother-in-law and Heidi and I are taking care of her and taking care of things at her house. So it has been different, <laughs> to say the least, in that way. We don't know. You know, none of us know right. it's going to be our right. time. She's doing okay. That's been a real burden, too, be taking care of her and, mm-hmm. and that kind of change. I guess it was August, got back from Kentucky dealing with my dad. Mm-hmm. We noticed that things had changed for us, many things, but particularly listenership. Yeah. You know, this year has been a struggle. That is okay. Part of life. There's a ebb and flow in podcasting. However, we saw a lot more ebbs than flows. (laughs) That makes it harder, too. We've talked about it before. This is an incredibly lonely thing that we do. We are lucky. (laughs) We are really lucky to have each other. Because a lot of podcasters are out there doing it on their own. And that would be hard. Yeah. And screaming into the void, hoping that they get any kind of feedback at all. With the changes in family situation with the numbers and just getting frustrated with the fact that we were not necessarily seeing the reach that we had necessarily seen at one time. Talked about it several times now with being sober for the last year, realizing just how much time that I had invested in this while I am appreciative of everything. It was entirely too much. Put it out there to, for everyone to know, John, John's been doing the majority of the work on this. Um, when we were doing HR Wonder Women, I was editing those, but John's been doing the majority of the work behind the scenes. We don't have anyone else editing or, or putting the shows together. So, you know, John, you, you know, I appreciate that, that you've put all that work into it. And, and I know everyone else does because you have a very high standard when it comes to podcasting. And so that's one of the things that I think made us accessible to folks too. One thing I want to throw in too for us is it started to become work. And that was one thing we always said is that as soon as it becomes work, we, we're not going to do it. We both have full-time jobs outside of this. We both have families and we have a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, I, I started to not look forward to the conversation of who are we going to invite on now? <laughs> Cause it was getting hard. And I think part of that again, is that just in terms of the listenership changing, our chat yep. demographic has changed in, in the numbers yep. of people. And we understand that. Oh, yeah. I think that we saw unprecedented things during COVID. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought when we started in 2018 that we would spend almost Never. every Sunday the month of tw- <laughs> in the year of 2020, what, eight months straight, we were doing something every Sunday yep. night. It filled a void. It helped. Mm-hmm. I think it helped us to some extent. Yeah. I want to give everybody some perspective when it comes to the numbers For the 317 shows that are currently available, the ones from episode zero to episode 249 with Steve Brown that just came out last week, there's 11,071 minutes and eight seconds of (laughs) audio content from the HR Social Hour 
feed. Insane. That equates to yes, Wendy. It is crazy. Bananas. I, I I need to not use crazy. I need to not use insane. It's bananas. Go. I need to just use the bananas word. <laughs> that translates to roughly 184 and a half hours, which translates to <laughs> 7.69 days. So it's just a week. More than a you week. Know, just. <laughs> it's like I told somebody you literally time. could get yeah. in your car. I could get in my car in Richmond, Virginia, drive mm-hmm. all the way to California. Canada even and see Melanie Peacock yeah. and listen to the show the entire time. Yep. And realistically even come back, maybe at least from California, if you did it without, you know, just took a break and didn't listen while you were visiting and drove back. Right. You, you could listen and, <laughs> and, you know, that kind of time. That is all us doing that. And so that's mm-hmm. what's available. That 11,000 yeah. minutes is what's out there. That doesn't count the time scheduling, putting together right. scripts hitting record and do it and then actually recording the session mm-hmm. and then the editing and then the post and all, all that. I think Wendy, it's fair to say, I, I, it was funny. I just had lunch with friend of the show and our friend Ben Travis last weekend. And we were talking about this and I said, if it's seven days of content, it's probably a month of our lives that we've put into this in five years. Easily. Easily. And he said, well, what about traveling? And I go, I'm not even counting that, right? Like 2019 (laughs) on our world tour, which was amazing. Right. I mean, even, you know, you start to equate that. I wanted to help people understand that this was not something we took lightly. While we were frustrated, particularly me, I I know you were too, but I was really frustrated with things. But also knowing that I got all this stuff going on at home and I'm trying to fix things with my family (laughs) because I was not doing well in the time prior. Something had to give. Mm-hmm. After a great deal of soul searching and talking about it and talking to my therapist and talking to Heidi and talking to you and letting a few people in the community know this is what we decided. It's the right time. I, you know, when you pointed out that it would be episode 250 and almost four years to the time five. that we started. Five years. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. January five years 2018 the, is when we had Steve Brown on to record. Five years ago that we were talking about this. You know, for me, it's a thank you to our listeners and a thank you to the community. We know life has changed. Life is so different than it was when we started this. Um, So for those who have come and gone and are still here, I love it. I still love it. We've, it's uh, like, what's the saying? It's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Better to have podcast and and ended than never to have podcast at all. I continue to get people asking about pitching guests and what have you. Somebody contacted me lately and I said, hey, appreciate, but, you know, I'm ending the show. And the comment I got back was, I'm sorry to hear you were canceled. And I started laughing. And Heidi (laughs) said, do podcasts get canceled? I'm like, well, shows that are on podcast networks and have big contracts. Probably. Yeah, yeah, they can. I said, but we're independent as You and I are are still friends. We've canceled ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, we decided this. We're not walking away with some kind of fractured relationship no. or issues and mm-hmm. baggage and, and that, and that kind of stuff happens too. Like, you know, I, I know does, that yeah. from other podcast yeah. communities I'm in. It's time. You had a big birthday this year. I've got a big birthday next year working with my therapist. I've become a lot more reflective about what, what do I want to be doing? And I still want to be doing things in and around our community. However, the sheer time commitment this has been, I can't do that anymore. It's not healthy. It's not, it's just not been, it's not good. It's time. It's, well, it's time for change. Yes. 
it's it's time for change. It's time for us to to move on to what's next. We have questions. There's no gifts. We're not doing prizes. You all came through once again, and we always appreciate that. We're going to start with the serious ones. Our friend, Professor Bob, Bob Thicken. Wendy, first question he had is, the HR community has been dealing with quiet quitting, difficulty securing talent, ever-changing leadership styles, and politics inserting themselves into the workplace. What will be the most common HR challenges over the next three to five years, and what are some of the best solutions? We've been dealing with those, all of those issues for more than just the past few years. Maybe the, the demise of the hustle culture among some people is probably one of the things. So people aren't willing to just dump everything for a job anymore, which I think is a good thing, quite honestly, as we're uh, talking about finding balance and doing the podcast and other things with that. So I don't know that those challenges are going to change in the next three to five years. The technology changes, but do our issues ever really change? change that much. Um, we're going to see the, in, the the changes in unemployment rising and falling as it normally does. And we're going to have the people complaining about ATS ate my resume. Um, <laughs> I, I have to thank Amy Miller because uh, our Olive recruiter on Twitter, because she shared a really great uh, Twitter thread earlier today. And I was just rolling um, for people saying, oh, just DM the hiring manager when every HR person knows if somebody DMs the hiring manager, at least everyone that I've ever worked with, they're going to send it on to HR and say, can you do something with this? I think we're going to see a lot of, they're probably mostly technology issues that we'll be dealing with in the next three to five years as, as technology changes, as social media changes. I think we're going to see some changes in um, what's, gonna, what's happening in social media as new New places rise and fall, and HR tries to decide where we are recruitment and figures out where it needs to be. HR policing where people need to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, the more I think about it, the more I, when I read this question, I was just like, these are the same things we've been dealing with all the time throughout my career with HR, probably throughout your career with HR. And um, the thing that changes the most is uh, how people react to them. I think what we've heard this year repeatedly, especially in the last several months, it's recruiting and retention, finding the right people and then keeping the right people. What Bob referenced in terms of securing talent, absolutely ever-changing leadership styles. Part of that is there are so many poor leaders because no one's showing them how to, to do it well. We still keep saying, hey, John, you're really good at recruiting. You should go manage people. Yes. Doesn't make any sense. It's never made sense. What are the challenges going to be? It's going to be finding the right people and keeping the right people. The best solution is to make sure that you're training your staff how to find people and how to tell the best story about the organization and how to figure out who's really the best fit. That's not just recruiters. That's supervisors and management that are interviewing. And then once they're in the door, making sure that you're identifying who are the high performers, potential leadership, who wants to be in leadership. I have this conversation all the time. I was in leadership. I know heavy is the head that wears the crown. There's a reason I'm not in leadership anymore. <laughs> I was good at it. I know that. I have the track record to show for it. However, it's hard. Just like being a good podcaster and putting out good content is hard. Being a great leader is hard. It's hard work. And I think you're right. I think we need to focus more on training people to be good leaders. Um, and, you know, the other thing I was thinking about earlier today, too, is training people to figure out on how to evaluate 
how do you evaluate that that interview? We talk about what questions you can and can't ask, but how often do we get into the whole, here's what you're looking for, here's how you evaluate that candidate, here's how you do an employee evaluation and, and understand what that means, here's how to be an effective leader. I think the other thing we need to do, because we talk a lot about hiring for culture fill, culture add, that sort of thing, be sure you've defined your culture because uh, or define the culture you want. You have a culture whether you've defined it or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Bob's other question, what is the most efficient and cost-effective method of recruiting much-needed talent? It used to be really referrals, but that has faded. I think this is a difficult question from the standpoint that I don't there's not one size fits all in this. It goes back to skill sets and what types of people do you need? I have worked hard over the last many years to develop good relationships with trade schools and the military. That works well for what we need, even going to the the high school levels now, telling people about here are the opportunities in the trades that they may not know about. Somebody else is probably going to use LinkedIn Recruiter or LinkedIn and more networking in that regard, something like that. Where do those same people hang out? You mentioned a few minutes ago, if you have defined your culture or you're trying to redefine what you do, if you're adjusting skill sets, where are you going to find those new skill sets and those types of folks that have mm-hmm. that? And oh, by the way, have you developed the things to interest those new people to make sure they yep. want to stay? Not an easy question. If it was, you Ooh. and I would be retired and living on the beaches <laughs> somewhere or doing something else. We would be else. on the book tour. That's what I've always said. If I had the answers, I would be on the book tour. The other thing to, to think about is if referrals aren't working for you, that's an internal problem. That That's not a referral problem. That, that's not a... that employer referrals don't work. There's something else internally that's happening. And it could be as simple as your employees don't know what you're hiring for. Or that you're hiring. You need to make sure that your employees understand and are encouraged to encourage their friends and family and people they know to apply for work with with you. There's a lot of ways that you can do that for very little dollar investment. Um, You don't even need to have referral bonuses to get that up and running. People if they like where they work, they will tell people about it. So uh, if you're not getting employee referrals, look internal first. So that ends the serious questions. Thank you, Bob. We do always appreciate the serious questions and we try to sound like we know what we're talking about. All right, next up, Ben <laughs> Travis, a friend of the show. Ben has become a good friend because he's in Richmond and we like to go eat cool stuff together in interesting love places. It. I love that. Ben's question, I thought was a fun one. What has been your favorite question to ask guests? What did you want to be when you grow up? That has been my favorite. We have seen everything. I I think marine biologists because they loved dolphins to wanting to be a teacher and now really kind of being a teacher. Although, shocker, no one said HR professional. I, I don't understand why a five-year-old wouldn't want to do this job. <laughs> I always liked the fact that we changed up the question connection questions every yeah. 50 episodes or so. Yeah. I always liked the music stuff because I was just always entertained. Something that I never did, few people know I'd started on it, is I'd started a Spotify playlist years ago. Every guest, I would go find something on Spotify and put it into the playlist, and I just never put it out. You know, maybe I'll (laughs) drop that someday as a little extra for people. Sometimes very, very random because some of the answers we got so interesting. I was doing a lot of Googling during some of those. (laughs) Who the heck is that? Who is that? Matt Stolick, who has had some of the best questions our past few times we've asked for questions. What were your top three to five moments from all the episodes? 
I didn't do a lot of reflecting on this because I didn't want to get real emotional. <laughs> uh, right. Thinking back, I always think about the Miss Val episode. I, I've, I've talked yeah. about it so much, but that, that one was, was awesome. funny because we were waiting on her. She was late and we started mm-hmm. to get sweaty. Like, is she coming? And that was kind of nervous because that was the only <laughs> time we worked with a booker, an agent. And we had her, her agents facilitated everything there. Then when she got on and she just, she was so nice and, Oh my oh, god! I, she was I just, phenomenal. It was amazing, and I, I wish I wish phenomenal. more people still heard that episode. I'm sorry that she never got to the speaking circuit like we necessarily would have. Yeah. Like now, part of that is pandemic related. Seeing her at that Namely event, she really is one of the best keynotes that oh, I, I can was, ever remember seeing, and just so much. I energy would put her in the top top three keynotes, uh, maybe top one. I can't think of any other keynotes right now that I'd be like. <gasps> That's one's better than Miss Val. That's one of the top moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many. Steve had mentioned the pop culture episodes mm-hmm. and last year's getting derailed over the Taylor Swift <laughs> stuff with her red scarf. More the silly stuff. Miss mm-hmm. Val wasn't oh, necessarily yeah. silly, but it's the silly stuff that happened. Any of our live stuff, when you mentioned the one that we did with John Friend and literally just like being in the corner of the can- Camad, Canada. Canada Inn or something, something like, like that. Yeah. Grand Forks, North Grand Dakota. Forks. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> One of those places that who'd ever dream that's where we would go. No, that was that was awesome. What about you? Probably said it every time, but um, episodes with Minda Hart. Love talking with her. I gave my niece... Uh, one of her books for uh, Christmas last year, and she loved it. Learning from her and continuing to to see where her career um, has gone. Another favorite is uh, it would have been Sherm eighteen. Not going to mention the the luggage incident from that year. Recording with all of our friends from overseas and doing that there in the bloggers lounge, and then you and I recording together for the first time. One, we were recording together for the first time in person. And so there was something awesome about that. And then with guests and then doing doing our own. I, I'm going to have to go back and listen to those. I haven't listened to those in so long, but I loved talking to Anish and Kavi and Renee and Sel and Ben Watts and uh, Mofata. I, I think those are still some of the greatest episodes that we did. Matt's other question is, who are two to three guests you wish you could have landed? This is a hard one because I feel like we got everybody we really wanted. I have two. (laughs) If you don't have any, I have two. My half-hearted joke answer, Beyonce. And I feel like that's one of the reasons, too, why it was time to kind of wind down. Because I'm like, who else is there to talk to? There are two. One is half-joking. One is serious. Legit. I should say. I don't know. Serious. Like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) The half-serious one would have been Paul Eberstein. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've talked about this somewhere. I don't think it's a big secret. We met Paul Eberstein. Well, this part's not a secret. We met Paul Eberstein at the Career Arc event Embark in 2019, which was super fun. I told Career Arc when they told me they were going to get him, I'm like, that's the most inspired keynote guest in a while. You know, just in terms of somebody that wrote The Office, wrote King Mm -hmm. of the Hill, but was playing an HR professional in Toby. I approached Career Arc to say, hey... I'd like to get Paul Lieberstein on the social hour. They came back and said, okay, uh, we'll get back to you. Like, we'll let you know. Because I thought maybe we could book, even if we got him for like 15 minutes, we had our recording equipment. Like, that would be so funny to say Mm -hmm. we got Toby from the office to be on (laughs) HR social hour. Career Art came back and politely said, John, don't ask him 
during our time together with the agreements they had in place with his management team. We couldn't ask. I was not going to do something that that they asked me not to do. (laughs) I mean, I did get to talk to him about King of the Hill, which was cool. The other one is Mary Kaler. Mary is the reason that we're here. True. True, true. I think everybody, well, those for those of you who don't know, Mary Kaler was associated with Sherm for many years. She ran Next Chat, and she was a fan of ours, and we were a fan of hers. She yes. gave us a lot of opportunities to do things pretty early on with the podcast mm-hmm. in terms of being associated with the big HR organization. We like to talk about giving people their flowers. I would have liked the opportunity to have told her. I mean, we've told her. We have. We but have, it would have been yeah. nice to have been memorialized that in mm-hmm. a podcast form to thank her, to acknowledge her in that way. That's the one person that I would have liked to have had on just because of what she meant and means to us even now. Sure. We were really, really fortunate. I always say it's kind of fun that we can, you know, we used to ask people, is this your first podcast? And how many people said yes? And how many people have gone on to other things? I say bigger and better. I think most of them are bigger (laughs) and better. We were really fortunate to have as many great people as we did. That's the part where I kind of uh, teared up when we were talking with Steve, recording with Steve for the last time. And, and he talked about how no one was talking to the people that we talked to before. So for us to give so many people that voice, push them out of the nest, as it were, I'm glad that we could do that. All right. Next question from Terry Milford. What's the most memorable response to the it's your day question? I appreciate Terry asking this and I don't have an answer Quite honestly, (laughs) we asked it so much, I don't remember. I do want to say this. I borrow from the best. I love this question. The idea is that it is centered on that person. Some of the answers were super fun and silly. Some were very serious and very thoughtful. And I think that's one of the cool things is that you just didn't know what was going to come from. I do want to thank the fine folks over at Special Sauce, which is the uh, Serious Eats podcast. This used to be one of their questions. And I was like, this is awesome. There's one other question, Wendy, and of course, we're not going to use it now, but there's one other (laughs) question I would have used that Serious Eats used. You get to have dinner with four people, alive or gone, not family. Who is it? And I love that question. Mm, That's a really good question. That'd be a good 2023 chat question. Nothing was ever mind-blowing other than I think Larry Donovan who said, I don't, it's, why is it about me? We're going to go do things for other people. And I thought that was a wonderful perspective from somebody in a different stage of their career. For those of you that don't know, Larry yeah. was then the CEO at Namely. He has since uh, mm-hmm. stepped down, retired, I think. Yeah. And he's on the mineral board, I believe still, right? He's on the mineral board. Yep. I would agree because nothing, I'm just, I, I can, I, the one response that keeps coming into my mind, but I don't remember who it was. He said, we're eating tacos. Everyone can find something to eat with tacos. <laughs> Chris Hadley, who came up with the greatest idea ever for this in terms of outsourcing <laughs> the questions to his family with no context, which mm-hmm. I remember that maybe that's one of the, that, that was, should have been memorable because I remember reading that for the first yeah. time just howling like this is hilarious. Chris said, I totally let the month get away and didn't get to outsource my questions. <laughs> so these come from the mind of Chris Hadley, not from his family. Okay. Wendy, the first question, hypothetically speaking, if the podcast were to continue without you, who would you pick to take your place and why? That's a really good question. I'm going to answer it a little differently. So we're going to pretend that, John, you decided to step away and I decided to continue because this did cross my mind when we first started talking about calling it a day. 
And honestly, I was can I the first person I thought to start talking to would be Nicole Roberts. I think she and I could have some good conversations and good interviews with a, a lot of great folks. I would uh, bring Nicole on and I would stick around. Um, if we were if the social hour is going to continue, one of us would have to still be on the ship in my mind for it to be social hour. Otherwise, it's not social hour. It's a different podcast altogether. I used to think about this a lot. I was concerned sometimes that I thought you might, well, I thought you might get tired of my <laughs> and just call it a day. <laughs> Interestingly enough, Nicole Roberts approached me at one point and said, hey, if Wendy ever leaves, would you think about me being the co-host? I hope I'm not telling that story out of turn. You and I have talked about this. I actually yep. told Christy Engler something did happen and you decided to exit that I would like to at least have her come in and do a few episodes. So I, I pictured it kind of as a revolving chair, or re, kind of have a few oh, sure, sure. yeah, have several and then land on somebody from there. I think the world of Christy, I know you do too. And yes. we get along really yeah. well. In fact, we were going to co-present at an event. Interestingly enough, she's listening and I hope it's okay. She presented the pitch and it was declined. And I think it's because I had my name on it. Anyway, that's okay. <laughs> how, how things work. I was always trying to plan. And this was when I was super too thinking too hard about it. But I thought, well, if Wendy goes, Nicole had asked, but I was like, hey, and we can check Chris. But I, I like the idea would be of really kind good. of rotating yeah. seat for a couple months. Yeah, yeah. Then, hey, Christy would is- be good. Oh, I love it. If you had the infinity gauntlet and could randomly wipe out and block half the people and their content on LinkedIn, would you snap your fingers? I wouldn't wipe out people. I'm not Thanos. Like, I don't want them to to disappear. (laughs) However, would I block half the people and their content? Absolutely. I hate LinkedIn. It's garbage. (laughs) I respect the fact that many of our friends are there and are successful with it. And I shouldn't say it's all garbage. There's great stuff like But First Coffee, Kirsten, and you just did uh, Trap Recruiter is out there. There's less of that, though, than, than the other stuff. And the thirst, what is it the kids call it? Thirst trap photos and that kind of crap. One time I said, I will put a picture of Deadpool on LinkedIn and I'll get more comments and likes on that than I do podcast content or serious content about what we do in human resources. And I did. And it was like the most talked about thing I did in six months. And it's that kind of stuff that just drives me nuts. I wouldn't eliminate the people. Would I eliminate their content and not have to see it? Absolutely. Every day of the week. In fact, I would if I could. I would get rid of LinkedIn tomorrow. Like as soon as the podcast is over, if we weren't still doing the Twitter chat, the less time I have to spend out there, the better. I just, I don't like it. I'm not a fan. I don't think it does me any good. Honestly, I would do all social media. If I could block half the content without having to go through it. I know you said Twitter hasn't changed much for you. Twitter has changed a lot for me. I spend a lot of time blocking and muting stuff now that I never did in the past. Yeah, if I could snap my fingers and stuff that I don't want to see is gone. They can all still be there. They can still live. I just don't see it. That would be perfect for me. Yeah, we do want to be clear. We're not looking at eliminating humanity. We're just simply saying no, just, getting rid of their just stuff. Just your content. Your t- content sucks. <laughs> Chris's last question is, when it comes to Christmas songs, holiday songs in general, what is the GOAT? Uh, I got to go with Charlie Brown's Christmas Time is Here. That beginning song, I have been learning to play that on the piano, and that just says Christmas to me. That just It just does. I'm going to say, and this is probably out of left field, Christmas-related song that's not traditional carol or something, Christmas Wrapping by the Waitresses. I'm going to have to Google that. (laughs) Uh, You know it. I'm sure you know it when you hear it. Yeah, it's 80s, new wave. I'll send it to you when we're done. You'll know it. You just may probably don't know the title. I am notoriously bad at knowing song titles and artists. 
One of my husband's very favorite games to play, especially after I've had a couple of beers or a couple of glasses of wine, is Name That Tune. And so he will pull up songs on his uh, on his phone and play them for me. And the one part that really bugs me the most is I'm not allowed to sing along. Because if I start singing it, I can get... <laughs> right. I usually get the title, but I'm not allowed to do that. So I have to sit there and go singing it in my head, trying to remember what the song is. He's good at it. I'm bad at it. I, I admit that. Yeah, I probably do know it. I just never knew what it was called. With that, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with some voicemails, and then we'll be back. This is Mike Sipple Jr., your friend from talentmagnet.com. On behalf of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast community, John and Wendy, we want to thank you. Thank you for leading well. Thank you for bringing all of the fellow guests, sponsors, listeners, and creating this amazing international network. You have truly lived out your mission to connect, give back, and network. As a sponsor of this month, I want to welcome everyone to check out talentmagnet.com backslash HR social hour for a giveaway that is intended for you and your team. John and Wendy, thank you again. We salute you for your leadership, your mission, and your vision to bring this international community together. Thank you so much. Hey, John and Wendy, it's John Baldino. Uh, please allow me to take a moment to thank the two of you for five years of the HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast. What a privilege uh, for me to have been a guest twice, but more importantly, to listen to so many colleagues and friends share their passion for the work that they do in human resources and talent acquisition. Uh, the two of you put together uh, quite a podcast over these years, uh, almost the little engine that could right? Uh, not many people may have thought that something like this would last as long as it has, but the two of you have done such excellent work. How could it not make an impact over these five years? Uh, I know this isn't the end, obviously, of our friendship and relationship, but I do want to take a minute to wish you to the very best in the next endeavors that you have, and I'm sure I'll be talking to you. Thank you both so much. Hi, John and Wendy. It's Christy Engler. I don't even know where to start. John was one of the first people that I really connected with in the whole HR community in the last several years. And both of you have just been so supportive and become such great friends. And I'm just grateful for that and for the time that we've gotten to spend together. I really applaud you. Everything you've done with the podcast, with the Twitter chats has been absolutely phenomenal. The connections that have been made are fantastic, unbreakable, and extremely beneficial on all sides. So I just want to thank you guys for all that you've done. Really appreciate it. I know it's been a lot of work um, outside of your regular work. Just want to thank you both and just grateful to be your friend and to know you and looking forward to what the future holds. Thank you guys so much. God bless. Hey, John and Wendy. This is Paul Lalone from Chicago. Leaving this message to say thank you for all you've done for the HR community with your innovative selflessness, thoughtfulness, and your determination. You are pillars, and I am incredibly lucky and happy 
to know you both. Thanks for allowing me to wax philosophically on your podcast. I came to both of you a little bit insecure, lacking confidence. Just the fact that you wanted me on the show several times since really helped me see my own worth. And I know you've done that for countless others. So again, can't thank you enough. We'll be in touch because I'm never going to stop connecting, giving back, or networking. See you soon. Cheers to two incredibly amazing people, John and Wendy, who created such a legacy and introduced me and so many other people to 250 HR awesome individuals who I feel like I know. Many of them I've met in real life, but I've gotten to know all thanks to the HR Social Hour podcast, to which I am a member of one of those 250 Thank you so much for all you've done and continue to do for our HR community and providing a voice, not just for leaders or those, um, but everybody from recruiters to um, other segments of our HR professions that I wouldn't necessarily have had a chance to meet, but were able to do so through your incredibly HR awesome conversations. We love you. I want to thank you personally for nudging me outside of my comfort zone and to be part of this incredible HR community to which, again, you've lended such an opportunity and a voice for all of us. So cheers to 250. Cheers to the legacy you've left and the conversations you've inspired that will continue to happen because of both of you. Just wanted to send my heartfelt thanks for the impact you've had on my career and the career of so many others in our HR community. Hey, John and Wendy, it's Jane Murtaugh. I just want to give you a quick shout out. Thank you for giving me, this HR educator, a voice, welcoming me into the HR social hour community, for introducing me and so many others to HR professionals across the globe through your weekly podcast. They are wonderful. I learn something in each one and also find a way to laugh in each one. It's just a great 30 minutes of time. Thank you for sharing your history and your stories of how the John and Bananas connection came together, how John dropped his underwear from a suitcase at Sherm National in Chicago. I chuckle every time I drive by McCormick Place and think of that. How Wendy started her ice cream business, your awesome Girl Scout leadership, giving back to the community, for zooming into one of my class sessions with my students to help me further demonstrate the power of HR connections and networking. You both have and will continue to connect, give back, and network, and I remain truly honored and humbled to be a small part of each of your networks. Congratulations on number 250. John, that truly is bananas. John and Wendy, it's your friend Dave Kovakovich, guest from way back on episode 104. Just wanted to thank you for the years and years of great content and for extending the network to all the incredible people you've had on the podcast over the years. Best of luck to both of you in the next adventure. Hope all goes well, and we will certainly see you all around. John and Wendy, you've given so much to the HR community. To say thank you just doesn't begin to seem to be enough. You've helped us connect with one another, both professionally and personally. I think of all of the theories and lessons I've learned, the experiences others have shared that have helped me to grow. But most importantly, you've created, I was going to say a sense of community, but that would be incorrect. You have created a community. People have learned about one another. 
We've been vulnerable and shared our stories. We've shared our hardships and been there to lift one another up. We've also shared our joys and celebrated together. All of this because of you and because of HR Social Hour. The lessons learned, the friendships made, the connections that will last a lifetime. I know it doesn't seem like enough, but I'll close by saying, Merci beaucoup, je t'aime. That's greetings from Canada. That's as Canadian as I could get. Thank you both from the bottom of my heart. John, we are back. More questions. First, let's thank those who just left voicemails. Yes, thanks to John Baldino, Christy Engler, Paul Alone, Tina Marie Wolfield, Jane Murtaugh, David Kovakovich, and number one Canadian, Melanie Peacock, for leaving those messages. We do appreciate each and every one of you for doing that. Very much so. Warms the cockles of my heart to listen to those. And we should say, Wendy got to hear them before the show came out. I did. It was really awesome. Back to the questions. Jane Murtaugh wants to know, John, have you seen the new Christmas Story sequel? I have. I'm going to put spoilers on this because, look, I post about this on Facebook. I made the comment that I really enjoyed this movie. However, it is too hard for me to watch right now. The premise, and it's public, the premise is the old man dies right before Christmas. And Ralphie goes home to see his mom and try to make the best Christmas they can. Some that I haven't talked to in 10 years on Facebook wrote, spoilers, dude. And I wrote him back, just a nice, it was Thanksgiving. And I said, hey, man, sorry to ruin it for you if I did, but, you know, this was out there. And he proceeded to write a diatribe about how to behave on social media. So I just wrote, be well, happy Thanksgiving. And then I deleted his. It is a very fitting tribute to A Christmas Story, the greatest film ever made. It is not that caliber, nor would it be. However, I have never seen A Christmas Story Part 2. I never will, because it has nothing to do with Gene <laughs> Shepard. It, it has nothing right. to do with the spirit of the first movie. This has everybody in it, which, by the way, did you know Peter Billingsley starting a movie podcast in the first season's all about Christmas movies? It, it's not out. It may be out now. I've not. It, he was putting it out about, okay. about Christmas time. I don't quite understand because he never claimed this movie for years and years and years, even though everybody knows him from it and right. he embraces it now, which I'm glad. I'm glad he's not like John Cusack with Better Off Dead after it never happened. It's great. I will not watch it again this this year. I texted my sister and I said, just telling you, it really did. It hurt. Like I, I got very, I knew mm-hmm. and I knew what was going to happen and I lost it. I, yeah, but it's, it's, it's fun. It's very fitting tribute. It has a lot of the Gene Shepard book stuff in it. The fact that Flix Bar, the sign in God We Trust All Others Pay Cash, that's the name of the book that Christmas story, the Christmas story is based on. And if you're looking for other Ralphie Parker family related stuff, there is a movie called, I believe it, the original title was It Runs in the Family, but it's also called A Summer Story. Came out in the mid 90s. Charles Grodin plays the old man and Kieran Culkin plays Ralphie. Mary Steenburgen's the mom. It's good. Oh, okay. It's actually a oh, okay. decent movie. I don't know if it's available anywhere. It's probably pretty hard to find, but it's it's not Christmas Story, but it's good. I'll probably be watch, watching it again next year, but I can't again this year. Totally understand. We Rocky and I watched it recently. We loved it. Laugh. I uh, won't give any spoilers away, but Ralphie's daughter and son <laughs> getting back at the bullies. I, that, that may be a spoiler. I don't care. Yeah. You see it coming a mile away. 
You see it coming a mile away, like, who cares? It's a very fitting tribute. I did say on Facebook, the one thing I regret is that Melinda Dillon's not in it. However, she retired from acting 15 years ago. She's in her early 80s. And Julie Haggerty was good. It was funny because... Oh, she did a great job. We then watched Noel, which was on Disney Plus with Anna Kendrick. And she plays Santa Claus's wife in that. Oh, so just like okay. two years earlier... Which that's a great movie too. That's a nice little, nice little film. But it was just kind of funny that yeah, she goes from being Mrs. Claus and looking like age appropriate <laughs> to now being like the old, you know, Ma, Ma Parker. If you're on the fence about it, check it out. It gets our thumbs up. Wendy, the next question is for you from Jane. Will you and your daughters be coming to Chicago on a Girl Scout trip soon? Maybe. I did broach the topic with Maggie Stroop uh, about doing that. So we're trying to decide. Some of you may know one of Maggie's Girl Scout troop members uh, had a seizure this summer when we were in northern Minnesota. Um, she is doing much better. She's Good. in a rehab facility right now in um, Rochester, learning how to do everything again, wow. which is... Good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, very hard for her, very hard for her family. She has been diagnosed with a, a rare form of epilepsy that's not easily controlled mm. by um, medication. So they have been working on getting the medication dialed in for her. Yeah, so I'm hoping, um, I don't know if this, uh, if uh, Alexis would be able to go with us, but the other girls are still very active and still doing a lot of fun stuff. Um, we are hoping to go to Pier this weekend, the capital of South Dakota, to see the Christmas trees. But we have an ice storm right now, <laughs> December in South Dakota. Yes, Jane, if we come to Chicago, uh, know that I will reach out to you and uh, we will connect for sure. <laughs> Uh, next question from Jane. How did Mary Williams get to be the number one fan? I'm trying to remember exactly when that started. Mary has been with us, much like Steve Brown has been with us from the very beginning. Goes back to the next chat days. Mm -hmm. Mary early on was sharing and talking mm -hmm. about what we were doing. And at one point, I can remember when I first met her at a big HR conference, she went on and on and on about how much she enjoyed the show. Mm -hmm. She wrote me a really nice note that she gave me about, thank me so much for doing it. And I think it just kind of morphed from that, you know, our friendship developed yeah. and yeah, she was the number one fan. She shared, she knows more about the show than I think anybody else, even <laughs> us probably. I think so. I think she knows more than we do. <laughs> it's fun that we get to have stuff like that and people like yeah. Mary and Steve and Jane and all, you know, these people that have been with us, some from the beginning, some from a year ago and in between. I don't know what else to say. She's our number one fan and, and she always will be. And I'm pretty sure she claimed it in her original episode with us way back in She would be able to tell you that. I, I can't. I I, I'm pretty sure she said, well, I'm your number one fan, which sounds a little creepy saying it now, but <laughs> we love you, Mary. I can vividly remember the first time somebody told me that they listened to the show and had the listener club. Oh, I just was so blown oh, away. Kayla Monkeo, when she told me that, I, I, mm -hmm. I started tearing up. I got very emotional. And I think then it was, I realized like just what kind of opportunity we really were providing people. And then, and, and she and Ashley Rissian both, when they talked about listening and re reflecting and what have you, I was like, holy cow. And these are people we didn't know. Like we didn't know them right. at all. Jane's next question. Often when celebrities retire, they write a book. Is there one coming from you two? Uh, no. I'm not retired. One, we're not retired. Uh, two, no book. Honestly, I don't, I have no desire to write a book. Although, Jane, thank you for considering us celebrities. Yeah. I guess we, we do appreciate that. <laughs> 
minor, minor, minor. We're HR, HR famous, famous, I guess. Right? Like the other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What's the most bizarre question anyone has asked? I'm going to go back to the fact, I don't know. Nothing has been so out of bounds, we, like, Mm-mm. you know, off the wall. There's been some good ones. There have been some really, and again, it goes back to that. You never know if it's going to be silly or thoughtful or somewhere right. in between. I can't think of anything that I was like, what in the world is that person talking about? I think it was Janelle. Janelle Rodriguez that had a question. Her question was something around your favorite recipe or your favorite thing to cook. It's not bizarre, but it felt more like a comforting, homey type question that, and we had probably had a string of very serious HR, what's the future type questions. And so it's just kind of a nice change to ask something that was a little more personal. Last question from Jane. What is your number one memory from 250 plus? I'm going to put the plus on there because there's more than 250 um, podcasts. Exploding luggage. <laughs> I'm never going to top that. There's no way to top there's, that. There's just not. I'm sorry. It, no. You know, is it, it's a podcast moment in that we reflected on it when we did our first one-on-one together. Yep. Uh, it's the one mm-hmm. where I got emotional about Tommy Diener. I just ran into the other day. I hadn't seen her in a while. It's always Aww. great to see Tommy. Talking about Tommy, and we were laughing about the exploding luggage and underwear bit. I like to think that kind of captures our relationship and the sublime and ridiculous and the utterly sublime and whatever else that this show Ridiculously is. Ridiculously sublime. Ridic- yes. It, it, yes. It, it encapsulates <laughs> all that, I think. I, I would agree. Yeah, it's hard hard to pick from any of the other. 2019 was, was awesome. All the travel we did, we went... Went a lot of different places and had a lot of fun. Paul alone had several questions. First up, what are you most looking forward to in a post-HR Social Hour podcast world? The agents to stop emailing? No. Um, (laughs) You took mine. (laughs) Knowing that they're not going to stop for a while since it's the podcasts are still out there. It's kind of nice to be able to think about having evenings free again, kind of taking that step back and just just thinking about the chat and not thinking about all of the things that, that are happening. It's kind of funny because, you know, I told my husband when we decided, like, okay, we're going to be done with the podcast. And since that time, every time I said, all right, I'm going to record a podcast, I thought you were done. I thought you were done. Like, well, we're finishing. We still have to record <laughs> several episodes before we're done done. Not that that frees up. I mean, my evenings are still plenty busy with other stuff going on, but I, I think that's one of the things that you know I look forward to. And then I also don't look forward to because we're not going to get this time set aside weekly to or biweekly even uh, to chat <laughs> like we have been. I'm looking forward to continuing to have conversations that aren't recorded. We've gotten to know so many great people. I feel like I haven't had as much time to necessarily spend. I don't want to, I guess one-on-one. Yeah. Like one-on-one time with other people that we know because we're continuing to do the, and that's not a bad thing, but it's just, it's different. So I'm looking forward to having more one-on-one time with people that we already know. I'm looking forward to continuing to develop the chat. It has grown and morphed and it will continue to grow and morph. It may grow to another platform next year. (laughs) There's so much going on and continues to go on, good and bad. It's just kind of funny. When I I read post-HR Social Hour podcast, I'm like, well, I mean, to your point, the podcast is still available. It's not like we're just going to drop it on December 31st. You can't ever listen again. Not like a Disney movie in the vault. 
<laughs> Ooh, that's a reference. Yeah, thank you. That's a reference. <laughs> what are you most proud of during your 250 plus episode run? I hadn't thought about it until lately about the fact that we always said the idea was, the intent was to introduce cool people to cool people. Mm-hmm. That was our goal. And that, that it started from the chat and just like, hey, our handful of friends, our 50 friends, give or take, that were part of that, that was a way for get to know them a little differently. I think the fact that we have met so many more people than 50, many of them we have stayed in touch with and some we haven't. Some we've lost, sadly. You know, there have been several yep. that have passed away. Proud of the fact that we did this our way, professionally, respectfully. We treated everybody well. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that I just wanted it to be good, Wendy. That was my whole goal <laughs> from the beginning was to be good. And it is so hard to be good at this. Yep. I, we kind of laughed about the fact, you know, the 10,000 plus minutes. Are we on the Malcolm Gladwell path? You know, for 10, 000, it's not 10,000 hours, but 10,000 minutes is a lot. It's a lot. And listening to those voicemails was very humbling. And some of the comments about you gave me a chance or you, you helped me confidence and you made me and I look at again you look at Mm -hmm. some of the people we've gotten to know and look where they are now and they're authors they're published authors or they're they're on the convention circuit speaking or they've created content maybe not podcasts necessarily but they're creating content of some type Mm -hmm. they're out there just killing it I'm really proud of that I'm really proud that we were able to boost other people's signals as much as we did um I'm going to take a more inward reflection on this. And I'm proud that we're still friends. You've been open with your, um, with your struggles, uh, your drinking and all of that. And I, I think we've talked about it, how, when you told me that you were an alcoholic and we're going to stop drinking and it like clicked a light for me because there were times that I was just like, I don't know that I can keep working with this guy, you know, getting texts at eight o'clock in the morning about this, bleeping, bleeping, bleeping guy that's contacting us. I'm like, John, just delete it, dude. So and I'm proud of you for, for recognizing that and, and taking that step to heal yourself and your family, for sure, and everything that, that's gone along with that. And I'm also really proud of the work that Ann and I did on um, HR Wonder Women. And you mentioned it earlier, it's kind of lonely because we don't get a lot of feedback. Um, And I'm going to just go back to the episode we just did with Steve Brown. And when he mentioned how much he learned from the HR Wonder Women episodes, yeah, that was another moment for me. I was like, wow, okay. Uh, They they were worthwhile, not just for me, because I know I learned a lot. Um, I saw you grow a lot from those conversations as well, but to know that other people did um, and were able to take some reflection off of that. That's, those are the, the things that I'm most proud of that, that we've done. I appreciate that. As, as Heidi has said many times, you saw the John at home, and I was. I was a raging <laughs> a lot of times. And thankfully, I was able to, to work through that, and I'm glad you didn't give up on me. I'm glad my family didn't give up on me, and I guess I'm glad I didn't give up on me either. I'm really proud of the growth that I've seen in you in five years in, in so many ways particularly, I guess, standing up for yourself, creating a path. And it's our show. We can say whatever the hell we want. (laughs) I made sure early on I got into this idea of the favored nation status. And if we were doing stuff, we were always going to get paid the same. Because Mm -hmm. I know that sometimes 
positionally that wasn't happening. Right. And that's, it shouldn't happen that way, but it did, but it was not going to happen as long as we were together. Yep. I saw so much growth in you in terms of your confidence level and not only doing Wonder Women and doing the Girl Scout show with your daughter and content creation things, but just in terms of getting out there and doing more speaking and then start, hell, starting a business. Would you thought five years ago you would <laughs> had the guts to start? I don't say, you know, I, I, I don't mean, but you know, like I just no. see that you yeah. were able to say, this is something I'm passionate about and I'm good at it and I want to go do it. And I'd like to think part of that was because you had done this and it gave you a a base for some of those things. For sure. I think there, there's a lot of, and it's, you know, go back to thanking Mary Kaler for, for next chat, because that's where for me, and I think a lot of us figured out, Oh, Hey, people actually do care about what I want to say, what I have to say. And, and they're looking for, for us and, and they're asking those questions and um, asking our opinions. And I think, you know, so thank you, Mary Kaler. We love you so much. Yeah. And then, you know, you saying, Hey, let's, let's do this thing that all started because neither one of us were going to the big conference in new Orleans. Okay. So I'm just going to put that out there. If somebody is having a conference in the new Orleans area, I still want to go to new Orleans. <laughs> Haven't been there yet. So <laughs> that ties into Paul's last question. Yes. And it's, will we see John and Wendy at any networking events in 2023. If you got the checkbook, I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's it's our last episode, and we're just going to yeah. say it. We're very proud of what we were able to do over the years, particularly when it came to speaking at events and attending events. Our relationship with Sherm no longer exists. That's a reality. It's business. I, I don't agree with their position on a lot of things. Wendy doesn't necessarily agree. I'm not going to speak for you, Wendy, other than I don't believe you necessarily <laughs> agree with some of their positions. I think on things. you're, yeah. However, I respect anybody and everybody that came on this show that disagreed with me on that or disagree with you on that or is still active in that organization. That's their prerogative. The bottom line is because that is really the biggest platform out there, you're realistically not going to see us around any of those events anytime soon. Nope. I tell you, I got invited to Joe Fest in Atlanta, which is a G.I. Joe show. So maybe I'll be there next June. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I know that Tina Marie has been kind enough to talk yeah. about HR Unite. It would be great to get to something. I don't yeah. know. I, I I struggle. And I'll be perfectly honest. This year, part of the reason I didn't do anything beyond the family stuff, I needed continued sober time. <laughs> uh, before, <laughs> And, and the, that's not a yeah. bad thing. Look, I can sit here and that's talk about thing. the fact that what my drinking did to me. I can say when I was drinking or hosted events where drinking was prevalent, we have a question that's really started because we were talking about having a drink. I'm okay with that, but it's taken me time to continue to develop that. And, and I'm really fortunate having shared as much as I have, the response has just been overwhelming and people saying, Hey, if you need a sober buddy at this or some of the things that they're going through and share, being willing to share their struggles and saying, you know, I appreciate you being willing to share this year was out of the, I just was like, I can't go to anything. I need to, I need, I need that distance at least for a bit. Will we be anywhere? I, I don't know with what you're doing now. I just don't know. I'm going to say, I doubt it with my mother-in-law's health. We're not planning stuff, you know, not that we can't always not plan for that, but it's something at least I kind of know it's in the out there. If anyone wants to invite us, we'll come. You know, I'd love to do, you know, John and I can hop on and do Facebook lives or LinkedIn lives, whatever. I would 
love to do one-offs like that. Um, I'll put that out to the universe. Hey, Unleash, you want us to come to Paris next year? Um, would love to. <laughs> but no, there's nothing on the schedule. Um, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to doing some traveling with uh, family next year. Maggie's going to the National Girl Scout Convention in Orlando, and so we're going to tack a family vacation onto that. Year after that, Maggie and I, it's her senior trip. We're going to uh, Scotland and Ireland with Girl Scouts. Wow. She and I are. So um, I'm looking forward to you know some of some of those things, but happy to go wherever wherever we're invited and welcomed. <laughs> Shirley Temple in hand, you know. I'll stick to water. Maybe maybe kombucha. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, we still got lots of questions, don't we? Emily Endert has some questions for us. Um, kind of something similar to what we had before, but what are we going to do with all of your time, John? We talked about the time commitment that we have made over the last five years, just in terms of the production of this show. Wendy, I don't know. And it's something I've talked to my therapist a lot about because I have to find something to fill that time. And I can just say, I'll spend it with family, but I, it's not going to be just that. Uh, I do need to spend some time sorting out my wrestling card collection because it has gotten entirely <laughs> out of hand this year. <laughs> I've gotten involved in that community. It's so much fun because it's just another thing. And it's funny. One of the guys I've gotten to know fairly well, he sends me a Facebook note one day and he's like, hey man, what's this about you doing a podcast? I'm like, oh yeah, man, I have this HR show five years in, 300 episodes, 126 countries. He's like, what the I go, yeah, I don't <laughs> talk about that with wrestling people, but I'll talk about wrestling with Paul alone. I don't know yet. It's a lot of time, and I really don't know. I, I, I look forward to it. I will say I am continue to be passionate about podcasting as a medium. I'm a big advocate. I'm a big listener. At the last count, I'm, I'm currently subscribed to 53 podcasts. Oh, my. Now, I don't listen to all of them weekly. Some of them are, like, I listen to at kind of who the guests are, what have you. Do I think I'm done podcasting? Absolutely not. <laughs> am I done with HR Social Hour? Absolutely. And not in a bad way, but like, I am not going to go do this with somebody else. Right. Recent guest, Chad Sowash said, so when are you coming back? Oh, no, Chad, this is done. No. No, 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 really. Like, y'all just taking a break. No, Chad, we're, we're done, done. This is this it. This is done. My next thing may not be HR at all. I have a show concept that I have wanted to do for years. And when I was super deep into this, I thought I'll start a second show. And I'm glad I didn't try that at the time. <laughs> but it's not anything like this. It, it would be me. And it would be a lot more planning and plotting and prep work. I've said I'm going to take the first three months of the year off. I'll be happy to do other people's shows. I, I guess I'm putting it out there that you have not necessarily seen the last of John Thurmond as a podcast host, co-host, something. It just may not necessarily be HR next time around. What do you plan to do? Um, ice cream and Girl Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've been doing. Um, yeah, I'm actually uh, in talks right now with both breweries in town on getting freezers put in to their spaces, trying to figure out what all I need to do to sell uh, sell it actual retail style uh, in those locations. It's, it'll still be small batch. It'll still be artisan. Fewer flavors when I do do that obviously because labeling is going to be a pain in my <laughs> that's where the ice cream is right now i gotta figure out labeling getting getting the girls maggie's uh maggie's a junior in high school you know we've got senior year coming up jesse's gonna jesse's in middle school i i'm looking forward to uh continuing to watch those two grow into the the wonderful young women that they are 
Emily's next question is, what is the most rewarding aspect of hosting the podcast? Oh, all the people. The people that we've gotten a chance to meet and talk to, we've talked about Miss Val. I'm going to go back to like the, the Jennifer McClure's and the Lori Rudiman's uh, that we've talked to and have become not just faceless mentors on Twitter. Uh, they, well, I guess they had avatars. They have their faces on Twitter. But um, not just women that I followed, but uh, women that I now feel like I could go to and uh, get advice from or um, just go hang out and have a have a, a drink with, uh, have a meal with, and just kind of hang out with. And so I think that, for me, has been the rewarding piece is turning these awesome people into real people. We talked a little earlier about being able to boost other people's voices and their platforms, and I, that's been really rewarding. One of the things that came out of it that I didn't expect were some of the opportunities that we had, particularly when it comes to speaking, working with vendors to do webinars, being in front of a bigger audience, a different audience. That was incredibly rewarding, too. Some of those opportunities, yeah. that, like, again, when we hit record the first time in 2018, <laughs> we didn't think we'd end up going to five or six cities and right. across the country one no. year or keynoting in front of a thousand emerging professionals or anything like that. So those things were very rewarding beside, you know, for us, I guess, you know, I, as I look inward on that, that was rewarding just as much as it was being able to show off some of these really cool people that we had gotten to know in, in a different way. Emily asks, what's the weirdest thing you heard on the podcast? Dogs barking. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes the dogs bark. Sometimes there's traffic in in the background. And, you know, kudos to you, John, to get as much uh, of that out as you possibly could. Oh, no. Okay, I'm going to change my answer. The weirdest thing I ever heard is my interview with Lewis Lessig and my HVAC at my office. That's the weirdest thing you're going to ever hear on this podcast is that background noise, which was bizarre. And incredibly (laughs) frustrating to try to edit around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think for me, the weirdest thing was when Michael Malady mentioned that he listened to Star Joe's. Because we used to ask, how'd you first get mm-hmm. to know us? He's like, I knew your other show. And I'm like, wait a minute, Worlds what? Colliding. Like somebody listens to that? <laughs> that had to be the wildest thing early on that I heard was that somebody had knew that show yeah. and had heard it. Other than I just didn't think it would make a hell of a lot of sense to talk about on HR. I didn't talk about Star right. as much. It's amazing to think that that show is still around. Michael Malady bringing that up, probably the, the wildest thing I ever heard. All right. From Emily again. John, what is your favorite DCI performance? This is my second favorite question ever behind whether or not Baroness and Destro had an inappropriate workplace relationship. For those of you that aren't aware, DCI is Drum Corps International. It is competitive drum and bugle corps that has been around since the early 70s. And hands down, my favorite DCI performance of all time is the Concord Blue Devils 1986 performance of Channel One Suite and Spanish Fantasy. That show is so epic on so many levels. It looks very archaic now because it's almost 40 years old. 11 and a half, 12 minutes of just jazz, balls to the wall, playing. That show was the show I was like, this, I want to do this. That was mm. that show crystallized it for me in terms of this is the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And I became the biggest Blue Devils fan for the next 30 years. 86 Blue Devils. Thank you, Emily, for asking. For you, Wendy, and wrapping up Emily's questions, what is Wendy's favorite ice cream? I've been pondering this, and I'm going to go with what's going to be my gold standard is the cinnamon toast ice cream. So the cinnamon bourbon vanilla with cinnamon toast crunch cereal in it. 
Um, although I did make uh, a couple of ice creams using halogi hot sauce, which we did talk about on a previous episode. I did a, an amaretto almond, caramelized almonds, and then dropped some of their cherry oat hot sauce in that. Oh, very, very yummy. I actually forgot how much I like amaretto. <laughs> First off, I need to thank you publicly for the fine gift of halogi hot sauces. I have killed the green apple one and the so uh, Baldur's Bane, which is a green one of the other green sauces. Mm. Phenomenal. This stuff is awesome. If you are a hot sauce aficionado, strongly recommend Halogi. We'll put a note, we'll put a link in the show yeah. notes. We are not sponsored by them, but they are pretty damn awesome. I'm gonna ask you this because I am curious. If you aren't eating your stuff, like what's your favorite oh. and it doesn't have to be mass produced, something you'd have to buy at a store at a ice cream shop. I go to a store to yeah. buy. There's a local dairy. Uh, out of Sioux City, Iowa, called uh, Stensland's Dairy. I actually do work with them um, to get my uh, ice cream base. They have a uh, a salted caramel ice cream, uh, so vanilla ice cream with salted caramel ribbons running through it. It's so good. I that's one that yeah, you start eating that and you have to make sure you stop yourself because you could eat the whole quart by yourself. Our dear friend and our number one Canadian. Melanie Peacock mm-hmm. asks, Wendy, what is one thing you've learned about me over the years that you want all members of the HR community to know? And please don't say that you saw my underwear. No, 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 no one needs to see that. Um, <laughs> you know, here's the thing. Um, John is exactly who he puts out there. Um, who you see on, on social media, who you see in, here in the podcasts, um, John is who he, he is. I, I think that's that's one of the things that has attracted us as friends, put us you know kind of in that in that same um, category of uh, allowed us to have those great conversations that first year back in in DC way back when. <laughs> what you see is what you get with John. Same question back to you, John. I'm not going to read the whole thing again. <laughs> what have you learned about me? I think that you have a razor sharp wit. If there's a sniper shot to be made, you're going to make it. And I think the other thing that people should know is that you are incredibly thoughtful in terms of you'll listen and listen and listen and then say something very sage. Like when I would bitch about agents and people and you just say, no is a complete sentence. That crystallized it for me, Wendy. It really did. I think I've, I know I've said that. I'm saying it again. It's going on record. I think I've said it on the show before, but <laughs> remember when you said that to me, I think you said that. Maybe as I was getting sober, I can't remember now. You, you've got zingers that I would, I just, I appreciate very much. Oh, I appreciate that, John. I, I, you know, for both of us, we've developed a lot of the wit and wisdom between the two of us um, over the last five years. We wouldn't be successful if we hadn't been able to do that. The last question was asked by multiple people, Steve Brown, Emily Endert, and Chris Hadley in particular. The question is, what are we doing for our individual days? So if it's John Thurman Day or Windy Daily Day all around the world, what are we doing to celebrate? Sleeping. <laughs> uh, we need seven days to listen to all the podcasts. So we can't say listen, <laughs> just listen to the podcast. For me, it's hanging out. We're, we're all together. We're in a spot where we can sit and connect and chat, eat good food together, tacos. We can drink your beverage of choice. But there would be plenty of water available based on what everyone was drinking during the podcast. I think it would be more of what we do with the podcast. We would be hanging out and connecting and eating good ice cream, obviously. <laughs> Over the years, it would have changed. I think now it'd be spending time with somebody you don't know very well, 
learn a little bit more about them. Use the question connection questions. Seems yeah. to be a fairly good guide. <laughs> and we'd be listening to the podcast of your choice, appreciating the craft that so many people put their time, effort, and energy into. There are a lot of people making really good stuff. I hope if you do listen, and whatever it is, if it's podcast content it is or whatever kind of content, creator content is out there, you know, something else we would do, we would share. We would share that content with somebody. You just never know when somebody's going to find it. And every right. once in a while we get that new listener. Hey, I just found you. Like, I'm going to go, oh, mm-hmm. great. you got a week's worth of content to go listen to. <laughs> I guarantee you're going to learn something about. And the fact that somebody like a John Baldino would say, I learned about people I've known for years. Or Steve, I think, mentioned mm-hmm. it too. I learned things about people. Listen to yeah. podcasts. Talk to people you don't know. Share something that you get really jazzed about with somebody else. This is usually where we spend the will. We're not going to do that. <laughs> Thank you all, though. Thank you for the questions. Yeah, a lot of good stuff to think about. We are not going to read our guest list this year. Wendy vetoed it. I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I like putting the music under it because it did remind me of being in grade school, listening to the snow cancellations in Louisville. We do thank all the guests that were part all of the guests. not just this year, but from the beginning. There are 318 shows. It's more than, I don't know if it's more than 318 people. I got to figure that out. Let's say we had 300 people on though. That's still 300 people. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. It take it. Yeah takes a long time to list off all the names. Thanks to them for making time for us. Yes. We'd have to schedule the time. We'd send the outlines. Sometimes things fell through or power issues or technical yeah. glitches. All sorts of... This is not a perfect science, folks. We had no. a lot of shenanigans. <laughs> not a whole lot, but we did along the way. Yeah. People were great to be willing to share their time, particularly some yeah. that are very, very busy that have a lot going mm-hmm. on that they could carve out time to be with us. Well, and for. we had a lot of fun with scheduling when we would go overseas, talking with a lot of the friends, um, Europe and uh, Australia. I think everyone we did from uh, all of our India ones were recorded those in person. It's funny. No one asked us about a regret, something that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. One thing, Wendy, that we did not get to do that I wish we had, we did not get to do a month of all guests from India. Yes. I loved the British invasion. That was fun. And the fact we had a focus like that. We talked about trying to do it with friends in India. It just never happened. COVID, of course, didn't help. The time zone issues, the so many barriers. I will say that's probably the one thing I regret that we didn't get to do. So while we're not listing off guests, we certainly need to thank and name off the sponsors. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. I think we were able to do more because of sponsors. We we're absolutely you know, able to do more because we of absolutely sponsors. do more because of them. Um, and uh, several times, namely throughout the year, being able to work with them this year. So great to be back working with namely after a few years off. Namely is the reason that we started with sponsors to begin we with. Exist. <laughs> they came to us early yeah. on and we met in 2018 at the big HR conference. And we talked about, What could we do to partner together? And I think when we started, we were doing like individual episode sponsorship. Mm -hmm. And then they said, hey, well, let's do this thing at the conference. And we did that. And then, yeah, unfortunately, Namely's business changed and our friends that were Mm -hmm. there left and were displaced during COVID. Then all of a sudden, a broker came to us. And typically, folks, a broker would contact me. I can't tell you how many people asked for rate sheets and would literally get to the finish line and then just gone. We never planned on it. I, I'd love to name names because there were some <laughs> out there that wasted my time or Wendy's time and 
would say, well, you charge too much. Well, then go somewhere else. Namely was amazing to us. So for multiple yeah. years and this year in particular, and, and even the end of last year, they came on in the yeah. fall and did a few sessions. So we're really appreciative of them. I think the, the kind of the left field sponsor that we had two years, thanks to our friend Tom Daniels, was Bowling Green State University. I can remember yeah, who was like, yeah, an <laughs> educational institution is going to sponsor the podcast. Major university as a sponsor. That was awesome. Um, and thank you to uh, Jess Miller-Marrell and Workology. We did a lot with, uh, with Jess in, and not at Sherm in 17 when we weren't there. And so for her to be able to come in and support us, she's been a great supporter and, uh, and help, uh, helpmate for us, um, getting everything going with, with this kind of stuff too. So thank you to Workology and Jess with, for all of that. Mystery came out of nowhere this year, literally. Another one, yes. <laughs> I think what they're doing in terms of working with remote teams and building unique experiences is phenomenal. I just really, and yeah. Shane Kowalski is quite something. <laughs> and what was really crazy was that I got an email, uh, maybe the week or two weeks after he came on from another previous sponsor, somebody that I still do some work with saying, oh, by the way, their fiance's best friend is in a relationship with Shane. They knew Shane and they're like, I didn't. Oh, what? that's and funny. I thought that was so crazy that, yeah, these sponsors know each other and that, that we were working with mystery and, and I hope you'll check out try mystery. Yeah. Go back and listen to our conversation with Shane. They're, they are, they're really doing some neat stuff there. Really cool. Uh, and finally, uh, talent magnet Institute and uh, excited to close out the year and the podcast with uh, Mike Sipple jr. We've, been able to do a lot with him uh, over the past few years, and I have really enjoyed getting to know him. He's one that, uh, if I ever get to Ohio, some at some point that will happen. Um, can't wait to sit down with him and uh, just have a great conversation because I know that it would be uh, phenomenal. So thank you, TMI, for um, all of your uh, work and support uh, of the podcast this year and uh, in the month of December. You know, Wendy, when you said that the sponsors, this was never something that we thought would be. And I can remember starting to put the logos together when we add all the logos. We really developed some amazing relationships, some long-term that we continue to partner with on different things. That was never part of the plan. No, no. Most people don't have that amazing opportunity. And so, yes, it helped support so many things. And and people like Namely would take us to conferences. A career arc previous sponsor took us to a, a con. You know, just so many things like that that we got to do. People ask how does stuff happen? You know, you talked about a side hustle. I mean, this was a side hustle for us or it was. But it was work. If you get out there and just start, you just never, never know. You don't. Yeah, take take that leap of faith. And it was. This was this was a leap of faith for us to to step out into and but it's definitely been worthwhile. I didn't run a final number on the countries, the international listeners. The, the numbers from Podbean get cut after two years, so it's hard. I believe we were at 126 countries in total, which, mm. again, Love is it. just a mind-boggling thing to think it that it was ever anything like that. The, you know, we were doing the quizzes, geography quizzes right. earlier this year. Never would have dreamed, much less would we have listeners elsewhere, but that we would get to know people that would then come on the show. The fact that Mandy Johnson, who is still very active in the right. chat, is in the future right. in Australia, that we would have her on the show, <laughs> that she would share a picture of her podcast sticker with kangaroos behind yep. it. What? Doesn't make sense. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Not at all. What else do you want to talk about, Wendy? Do you have anything anything out there that 
that you want to share with people or that anything that's come to mind since we started this, this conversation a little while I feel, ago? I feel like I've, I've said everything that I want to say. Uh, I've said it a lot, but it's, I'm so happy that you uh, asked me to come on this journey with you um, and, and be your co-host for, uh, for the social hour podcast. It has been a phenomenal experience. I'm happy that we went on it. I'm happy where we've gone. And I, I feel very uh, content with closing out here. I want to thank you for saying yes. I vividly remember driving to Pennsylvania for work. <laughs> you were sitting in an airport. I think you were at the airport waiting on a plane. And I said, yeah. hey, I got this idea. I kind of done the Star Joe's thing and I'd like to try my own, but I really want to do it with somebody else. I know full well that if I had started something on my own, I probably wouldn't have done it for very long then. Five right. years is a long time to do anything. It is. We talked about changing jobs earlier. Yeah. You've done this longer than some of your jobs, Wendy. Like that, I have. That's kind of nuts, <laughs> right? Like that's kind of crazy to think about. We were just incredibly fortunate to have made an impact that I never would have imagined. I'm not going to sit there like Steve, and I appreciate Steve saying we changed we didn't change things, but we certainly made things. I think we've made things better and more positive for ourselves, for those of that we know, for the community mm -hmm. at large. I'm really glad we were able to do that. I'm glad we did it as long as we did. We're going to thank people. I, I need to thank my wife for giving me a, another chance. I need to thank my therapist for helping me get my head straight. My family, you know, has been incredibly supportive through all this. It was kind of funny though, Daniel. Uh, who's now wrapping up third semester of college. Daniel didn't know I was finishing the show. Like somehow <laughs> he didn't know. And so we were talking yesterday. I said, well, I'm getting ready to record the last episode of social. He's like, what, how many now? And I told him, he's like, whoa, you know, like it just, it doesn't hit necessarily. I thank them. And I thank the listeners and those people that have been there throughout. If it's from day one, if it's from day 100, if it's from day 1000, but most of all, I thank you, Wendy. And I thank you for, challenging me to not only make the show better, to make myself better, to be more thoughtful about our community and that not everybody is like you or me. And that's a good thing. That's probably the biggest thing I've gained out of this is not only a more well-rounded group of people in my Rolodex, you know, but, but people I can associate with that I value and, and, and enjoy associating with having a much different and better view of the world and the people in it and valuing that, that I didn't have before. Shout out to my husband and my kids for, uh, for putting up <laughs> with this. Um, huge thank you to Anne for doing the HR wonder women with me and going on that little journey. Um, but yeah, again, you know, thank you to you for coming up with the idea and saying, Hey, let's do it. And here we are. We've done it. We're done, John. Cheers. <laughs> I think this is probably going to end up being our longest episode, which I'm uh, okay because yeah. it's ours. We can do whatever the hell we want. And <laughs> and that's it. So once once it's over, yeah. it is over. I'm so glad we had this time together. <laughs> Mitch Hedberg's my favorite comedian of all time. His first Comedy Central special, he just kept rambling. He couldn't finish. And this 21-minute show ends up being like 35, and it's amazing. You can find the the unedited version is available, and it's just crazy because he just keeps rambling, which is what I'm starting to do. So I, I'm going to stop. We started without music or traditional music, which is another regret I have that we never got original music because I have a friend that's a composer that actually offered to write something for me. We talked about doing a refresh this year and a logo and everything, and I'm glad we didn't do that. 
we're going to end with uh, something for all of you uh, to say thanks. And thanks for being with us all this time and continue to be our friends and continue to take part in our chats and whatever we do down the road. We're not going to tell you how to get a hold of us because if you listen this far, if you don't know, then I don't know why you're listening. Uh, thanks. Right. But, why are you uh, still here? Yeah. It's over. Go home. <laughs> yeah. One last time. For the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I'm not ashamed to say. I hope it always will stay this way. My hat is off. Won't you stand up and take a